Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe and fun place to get real and learn about sex. Whether you're a man or woman, single or couple, this is the show for you. I am your host, Kevin Anthony, and I am here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and your relationships. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 282, and it is titled, This is What a Balanced Feminine Woman Looks Like. So I did an episode a while back. I don't, I, you know, I should have looked it up before the show. I totally forgot. Uh, but I talked about what it meant to be a balanced, healthy feminine. And I had said in that episode that I was going to have somebody come on, a woman come on to talk about what a healthy, balanced feminine looks like. So if you are watching on YouTube, you can see that I do have a lovely woman with me here today. I will introduce her in a moment. But this conversation really came from, so my guest today uh, does women's work, which we'll talk about in a moment. And in preparing for one of her events, she was asking my opinion, and it started this whole conversation about what this looks like. And so I loved the conversation so much. I said, would you be willing to come on the show and talk about this? To which she said, yes. So we sat down together and we wrote this. So this is going to be a co-hosting episode. I'm not just asking her questions today. We're going to have an open dialogue back and forth about what does it really mean to be a balanced feminine woman. And it is, we have a ton of stuff to cover today. So I'm going to keep this intro short because we just, we got to dive right into it because there is a lot to cover. Okay, before we get started, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The men's sexual mastery program you have heard about on the show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there's anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpicked products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there's also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go now to powerandmastery.com. That is powerandmastery.com. It is a new year. We're still in January as this airs. Now is the perfect time to solve those problems around your sexual performance while you're motivated at the beginning of the year. All right, check that out, powermastery.com. Okay, my guest today is Nancy Parker. She is the founder of In Body Wisdom, Ecstatic Dance San Diego, and creator of Primal Play Movement. Affectionately known as a priestess of play, Nancy Parker weaves ancient alchemical wisdom and modern science to restore balance in the body, mind, and heart. For the past 20 years, Nancy has facilitated tens of thousands of groups and individuals to open their hearts, move through blocks, and experience radiant health and more joy in their bodies and relationships. Her passion and expertise lie in facilitating transformation and freedom using mindful movement, energy medicine, ritual, and play. And I will add to that, we're talking specifically about women today, and you have facilitated 
lots of women's events where you get together with women and you talk about these things and you work on embodying these things. So you have direct experience in what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the very first question, I I always like to start very logically, like my brain kind of works logically. And so we're going to step through, why would you want to be a balanced feminine woman? What does it look like to be a balanced feminine woman? What are the things that get in the way that prevent women from being balanced? What are some signs that you can look for uh, that you are out of balance or your woman's out of balance? How do you get back into balance? How do you stay there once you get there? And then what can men do to support their women? So you know, I should have said this in the intro, but I'll add it now, which is that if you're a man listening to this show, here's what I want you to get out of it. I want you to be able to make good choices when choosing women. So if you're dating, I want you to look at or listen to the signs here and make good choices. Choose a woman who's really balanced. Now, if you're in a relationship already, I want you to be able to tell when your woman's in balance and out of balance. And at the end, as I just mentioned, we're going to give a list of things that you can do to help support her to be in balance. So this is really important if you're a guy. And also, if you're a woman listening to this, I want you to listen to this and then really ask yourself some honest questions. Like, get really honest. Do I sound like I'm in balance? Do I sound like I'm not in balance? And it's okay if you answer that question and it's not in balance. There's no judgment. Right. So then you just need to figure out how can you get yourself back into balance. And so those are the things that I would love people to get out of this. Because if you want to show up for your relationship in the best way that you possibly can, and this is whether you're a man or a woman, it all starts from within. So if, you, if, as, if as a woman you want to show up the best, you, you got to show up as a balanced feminine. And, and if you're a man and you want to show up as your best, you got to show up as a balanced masculine. Now, before anybody <laughs> gives me any shit about why right. is it all about the women? Why is it the women that have to get in balance? Blah, blah, blah. I hear this stuff all the time. If you've listened to this channel for any length of time, especially since Celine has passed, you know that the majority of the content that I've been doing on this show is about how men can show up as their best. It is all about how, like, what the masculine can do, what they shouldn't be doing, what they should be doing, how they can show up best. So I'm trying to actually be balanced here by bringing in the feminine as well. All right, having said all that, why would a woman want to be a balanced feminine woman? Well, frankly, as a balanced healthy feminine expression, I think life is more fun. Everything gets easier, even though life always has lifey moments and you experience ups and downs. Um, you're just more able to uh, meet the moment and, uh, and flow with as much grace and ease and joy as possible. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I, well, this is similar to one that's a little further down the line, but like when you say life becomes easier, some people get addicted to the drama. Yeah. Like the, the ups and downs, like they love it, they feed off it, but they don't realize how much more difficult that is really making their lives. And so this idea of life becomes easier, like, fuck yeah, life is hard enough as it is already. Let's make it as easy as we can. As a result of it becoming easier, it becomes more enjoyable, right? Yeah. You're not struggling against the current anymore. You actually get to flow with the current. Yeah. So what is the next one? 
um, better relationships. Like I feel more deeply connected to myself, first of all, more deeply connected to my friends, my family, my loved ones, um, and able to actually be attuned to what's going on in them while staying connected to what's going on in me. Yeah, and this is exactly what I was just talking about just a moment ago about if you really want to have great relationships, you got to show up as your best self. And that means being balanced. <laughs> All right, uh, next one is increased capacity, capacity to navigate the rest of your life and world. So now this is sort of stepping outside of just the relationship container, but the fact that if you're balanced, it's easier to navigate all of life. Right. That goes back to that first statement, right? Life, all of life becomes easier. How we deal with stress and traffic or, you know, a glitch with your phone dying or whatever it is that's coming up in life, you're not as reactive. You're actually able to and more available to respond. Yes. The things like uh, your phone dying. That, that sounds like something you may have experienced personally <laughs> recently. Just a couple days ago, as a matter of fact, in the middle of quite a, kind of a really important day. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Which I know, obviously, in preparing for this, I was aware that the phone died. And, and I will say, aside from you doing work with the feminine around this, one of the reasons why I really wanted to ask you on this show is because I see you as an example of a balanced feminine woman and how you handled in the middle of multiple business things happening, not just this show, other important business things happening and having your entire communication system go out from you, that you navigated that well. So Thank you. All right. Next, next on the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Better sex. <laughs> Absolutely better sex. If you can show up as a balanced feminine and your man shows up as a balanced masculine and you get those two poles coming together in sexual union, it will blow your mind. Yeah. And we'll talk more about polarity, I think, a little later in the yes, show. Yes, we will. Yeah. What's next, Kevin? The next one is emotional stability equals mental sanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously, the more emotionally stable you are, you know, we... we I kind of laugh at it like equals mental sanity, but it really does. In other words, your ability to show up and navigate the world in a way that is not frantic and constantly in panic mode has a lot to do with how stable your emotions are. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I feel that, um, you know, we live in a world where we tend to kind of want to separate our physical body, our mental, emotional body, our spiritual, energetic, our sexual body, but they're actually all connected. So, you, you know, the emotional stability creates more mental stability and more mental sanity. And it also creates more resource for all those other ways of being in our bodies in the world. Yeah, I love that point that you brought up about it all being connected. And this is something I talk about all the time. One of the things I often tell men when I'm working with them is like, if you can solve your erection problems or your premature ejaculation problems or your sexual skills problems, that you won't just see your sex life get better, your relationship get better, but you might also start to see your work get better, your work relationships get better, the way that you navigate the world get better because they're not separate. And even maybe your bank account get better. And even maybe your bank account get better. That is correct <laughs> also. All right, next. It's what men are looking for in a woman. And I will tell you, yes, yes, heaven yes, yes. I, how many times can I possibly say yes? As a man, 
and I'm sure this is true for most of the men who are listening to this. I have been in relationships with unbalanced women. I have been in relationships with balanced women. Well, some of you may never have been in a relationship with a balanced woman, but trust me when I tell you this, having been in relationships with both, it is so, so much better to be in a relationship with a woman who is really balanced. In fact, at this point, you know, if, if I'm interested in a woman and, and I start to see signs of it, I want to run in the other direction. That's right, women. If you're looking for a high-value man, they like balanced, healthy, feminine expression. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. And, you know, even the ones that may not consciously know that, like, you know, because there are some men, if you ask them what they're looking for in a woman, they're not going to tell you, I'm looking for a balanced feminine who is, you know, but they intuitively feel it. Now, if they're attracted to you because of the drama, because of the wild fluctuations and the ups and downs, that, ladies, is a warning sign. You should run in the other direction. (laughs) He shouldn't be attracted to your dysfunction and your drama. He should be attracted to the parts of you that are healthy, whole, healed, and balanced. Yes. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, And the next on the list? Yeah. Yeah. You feel more empowered, ladies, in your empowered authority in your body. So as a balanced woman, I'd love to hear, like, what, when you say you feel more empowered, like, how do you experience that? How do you feel that? When you're feeling balanced in that moment, how does that show up for you as, as, as empowerment? Mm. Yeah, it, well, um, d- clarity and decision-making Um, the way I relate to someone, clearly expressing my needs, desires, my boundaries, holding them lovingly. Like I feel able and competent and uh, like I have the capacity to do all of those things in a way that can be received. Mm -hmm. And to to make choices, whether it's, um, you know, edgy choices to advance my career or edgy choices to advance a relationship, like I feel more clarity and more trust in my intuition as well. Mm. Yeah, that I, I have always said, you've heard me say this on the show before, that I think while both men and women are intuitive, that like that's kind of women's superpower. And it's interesting to hear one you. One of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, one of them. But it's interesting to hear you say that when they're not balanced, that intuition kind of it kind of shuts down, doesn't it? Well, it shuts down. It gets uh, muddy. It's mm-hmm. not clear. You don't get clear. You you second guess. You go into doubt. You spin in your mind. You you get out of your body and into your head. Mm. And that's never good for intuition. <laughs> It's never good for sex either, actually, because <laughs> well, you, you've, you've heard myself and probably Celine talk about this on the show also that, you know, if you, if you want to have sex with your woman, one of the things you have to do is help her get out of her head, get out of her head and actually get back into her body because she's going to be spinning around in her head about, you know, all the things that need to get done and the laundry and the kids and all that kind of stuff. And you got you to get her out of that and get her into her body. So that is interesting to hear that that's also what you need to do in order to really access your intuition as a woman and and get clarity there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that should have been a good enough list to motivate you to want to become a balanced feminine or to motivate you to want to be in a relationship with a balanced woman. So then the next question, of course, becomes... Well, what does a balanced woman look like? So 
guys, you're listening to this and you're going, okay, great, but how do I know if she's balanced or not? And women, it's like, okay, well, am I balanced or am I not? I feel like I'm intuitive, but maybe I don't know. Like, we're going to give you a rather long list <laughs> <laughs> of, of ways that you can tell whether or not you or your partner are actually in balance. So number one. Emotional intelligence. She's able to communicate emotions clearly uh, with love and compassion. I would say this is one of the biggest ones for me. Uh, emotional intelligence is, is absolutely huge. Like I cannot be with somebody that doesn't have a high emotional intelligence or, or EQ as it's often called. It is probably one of the first things that I look for uh, in a woman is like, does she have a high level of emotional intelligence? And yeah, I would say that uh, the, the few, fortunately few, unbalanced women that I've dated definitely were, were low in the EQ department. Well, and I would say that's a good, you know, kind of both ways. As a healthy, balanced woman, you want to look for that in a man as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know, if we were doing like, what does it mean to be healthy and balanced in general, we'd be saying back and forth yeah. because, yeah, that is absolutely uh, true for men as well. This next one, it's a little more nuanced because emotional intelligence is one piece, but a woman being aware of her emotional cycles and fluctuations throughout the month, um, throughout her lifetime in terms of, you know, transitions of phases in her body, um, being aware of where she's at in her cycle, how it affects her emotionally, um, being able to communicate that to those around her. And also not being attached or overly identified with whatever that emotion is coming up. So for instance, I would say like, Three days before my cycle, I can go into this, oh, whoa, the world is awful. Nothing's ever getting better. I might as well give up kind of place. And I'm like, I know within about 24 to 48 hours, I'm going to start my moon. <laughs> and knowing that instead of a younger version of me, which would just go into it and get like completely, at, you know, just emotional wreck, um, letting it affect all of my life because I really believe it feels real. I know. Oh, I'm feeling like that. I know what this is. And I don't attach to it. I don't identify with it. But I can also let people know, hey, by the way, I'm going to be a little uh, poopy the next few days. <laughs> so can you just be extra nice? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things that you said there. Uh, the first point I kind of want to reiterate is it's super important to be able to recognize the cycles. And here's the thing. We're not telling you you shouldn't have the cycles. We're just telling you, you should recognize when you're in those cycles. As, as a man, it makes a huge difference to me if my partner can come to me and say, I'm feeling this way right now, and I know that's because I'm at this point in my cycle, and it's okay, I'm not attaching to it, don't, don't take it you know, personally or anything like that. Then you can just kind of relax and go, Ah, okay, it's just a part of the natural cycle and, and let it flow. The other thing I wanted to bring up that you said in there, which was it feels real. And this is a really important point to make. The hormones that are being released in the body, the things that are making us feel how we feel, are real. So, and this is, this is where men and women get into these arguments all the time because the guy's saying, this, this isn't real. What you're saying isn't real. The thing itself may not be real, but the feeling 
the emotion is real. And that's where as a man, and we'll, we'll get into how to support your woman, but, but as a man, that's where you can say, I understand that this is how you are feeling, that this is a real feeling that you're having and maybe not attached to it because it may not be real. I don't suggest saying that necessarily. <laughs> we'll talk about how you can support it, but that's the idea. And with right? the first part of that statement, I understand that how you're feeling feels very real to you right now. How yes. can I support you? Yes. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. What's the next one on the list? Oh, embraces the feminine instead of trying to compete. Yeah, this is going to take us into a couple here on mm-hmm. this list that are that are somewhat similar to that. Yeah, yeah, woven together. But how would you describe embracing the feminine? Well, I think it's a little bit about what we were just talking about, uh, knowing, honoring your cycle. So I love being a woman. It took me a long time in my menstruating adulthood to get to that point, to really start to love and embrace my moon time cycle and allow myself to slow down and um, really embrace um, the more sensitive, uh, the sensitivity that comes along with that time of the month. Um, And also to not try to push or to not try to prove or compete with the masculine or even other women in my life, but just to really, um, you know, stay connected to my own feminine receptivity, uh, sensitivity, and power. Yeah. I, I unfortunately have heard too many women in my lifetime talk about their cycle as being this burden, this terrible thing that they wish they didn't have. Unfortunately, a lot of us are taught that. Yeah. But I think there's a massive liberation for women when they can get to that point that you just talked about where they can embrace it and love it. Like I I do see that in you and it's something that um, Celine used to do as well. She would get excited when that time of the month would come because she would say, hey, that's my opportunity to go in, to tap into uh, those other realms at a point in time where it's easier yeah. for you to do that. So she, she really loved it and embraced it. And I see that you do too. And I think that is an important part. Because look, in our modern society, we can say we can be a man if we want. We can be a woman if we want. We can change things however we want. But the reality is that's not really true. And so the more you can not just come to terms with who and what you are, but truly love and embrace it, the better your life's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, heightened sensitivity and deeper connection to intuition when we go inward at that time is can be so powerful. And it's one of the things I work with with women in the circles and, in, you know, one-on-one is actually helping repattern the taboo and the stigma we've been taught around our, our cycles and our moon time and actually how to uh, embrace that, the power that's within that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that's huge. If more women could understand the power that's in that, because they, they literally think of it as a weakness. Right. And, well, you would, <laughs> you would be the better person to say, but my observation uh, as a man, you know, having been married and lived with partners, like, I've never seen it as that. I've seen it as more of a superpower kind of thing. Yeah, well, when we're forced to engage in a masculine uh, culture where it's push, 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 keep going, um, don't listen to your body, 
push through, show up for the tasks, um, then it, bec- it feels like a curse. And that's how it was expressed to me. It's the curse of being a woman. And it really does feel that way if we're trying to push our bodies to live in a way that's not in tune with our cycles and with our energy flows. So then um, we're not really taught that that can be you know, our strength, that that vulnerability and that sensitivity is actually another of the superpowers of a woman. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and then the next one on that list there is understanding that the feminine is not weak. This could be a whole like half an hour discussion in and of itself. But the idea is, unfortunately in society, we, we, we say masculine is strong and feminine is weak. And that is absolutely not true. And I would love to hear your, your take on this as a woman. I'll just quickly, my take on it is, I don't see the feminine as being weak. I see it as being very powerful, but in a different way. So the analogy that I always use all the time is the masculine is like Muay Thai. It's like straight in your face, punch you as hard as you you can. It's about just brute force, right? Whereas the feminine is more like Aikido. It's like, I'm not going to come at your you know, with brute force right in your face, I'm going to take your energy and I'm just going to redirect it however I want you to go. Yeah. Right. It's much more flowy. It's much more, I receive your energy and then I redirect your energy as opposed to I'm just blasting you with my energy. But I'd love to hear like, as a woman, one, do you agree with that, that the, the feminine is not weak? And two, like, how do you, how would you describe feminine strength? Well, I absolutely, 100% agree. Well, and I, I think I, I kind of get a little split hairs, but uh, we're kind of collapsing feminine and women together, and that's not necessarily um, an accurate vocabulary. However, uh, I feel women are not weak, of course. Uh, we've talked about um, the ways that I feel uh, the sensitivity and the intuition and the vulnerability are actually superpowers. And to me, I think this this does what you alluded to kind of pops on something from a later point in our list. And that is the feminine is when we're in our power, when we're in our like agency, our embodied authority, we're able to have our vision and enroll the people around us in it versus forcing or telling we're we're actually just able to kind of aikido it if you like to Mm -hmm. use your analogy and actually get the energy to go in the direction that we want it to go all while making the other people think it was their idea that's not weak that's power it's important to use that power responsibly but that's power that is that is unbelievably powerful because in the brute force thing they don't think it's their idea. They're like, you're forcing me to do this and I don't really want to do it. Whereas the other way around, not only are they doing it, but they're like, this was my idea. This is great. happy about it. And what's interesting is I have said that exact thing (laughs) on this show numerous times. And you know what feedback I often get from the men? That sounds like manipulation. Why is she... And it's not manipulation. There is is an absolute hard line between what we're talking about an actual manipulation because you're not trying to fool them into doing it. You're like you said, you're enrolling them into doing it. And there's a big difference between I'm doing something without your knowledge behind your back to fool you into doing it and doing something right in front of you and enrolling you and getting your buy-in for it. Yeah. It's the invitation. I'm inviting you into this experience, into this opportunity. And there's no, uh, hidden agendas. 
There shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, and in general, in what we're talking about, yes, there wouldn't be any any hidden agendas in there. In a balanced, healthy, feminine woman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is what this show is all about today. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, how I would love for you to talk about this one on the list. Vulnerability is her strength. <laughs> like, what do we mean when we say that? How? Because because I know a lot of people listening to this are going to say, how can being vulnerable possibly be strong? Wow. You know, I actually have a hard time putting this one into words, Kevin. It's, it took a long time for me to even um, acknowledge this as something that is actually real or true for me, uh, because being vulnerable felt vulnerable. It felt like it was weak. It felt like I could be manipulated. It felt, um, yeah, uh, as as I, you know, learn to stay more grounded in my center, as I, uh, then the vulnerability becomes, as I'm able to be vulnerable with those around me. And again, this, there can be a line of people use weaponized vulnerability in order to, you know, oh, poor me, or, you know, get uh, some sort of currency emotionally or energetically out of it. However, being really grounded and vulnerable actually allows others to see all of who you are. It actually allows them to show up and meet you. Um, you know, we're taught as women to be people pleasers and to be martyrs and to really kind of just, you know, self-sacrifice. And that builds up a lot of resentment or other unexpressed feelings and emotions. And I think when we can just allow ourselves to show up vulnerably, it, it lets all those masks drop and it allows authenticity um, and allows you to be seen, felt and heard in, in better ways. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, I like the way you said that allows you to be seen, felt and heard because as a woman, and this is, again, my perspective, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but as a woman, one of the things you want most is to be seen, felt and heard. Right. Yeah, I think as a human, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, as a human, in in general, that's true. But I I will say that I think that is there's a bigger issue for women. Yeah. Like in in the relationships I've had in my life, I've noticed that that's one of the most important things that I could do to nurture that relationship was to help her feel seen, heard, felt, all all that kind of yeah. stuff. So that's when she's going to soften and open even more for you. And you definitely want that. Yes, <laughs> definitely want that. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, we kind of covered this already. Powerful in a soft way that uses power responsibly. So mm-hmm. I don't think we really need to go into that one any deeper. Knows how to play with polarity. What the heck uh, are we talking about? <laughs> if you're a listener of this show, you should know what we're talking about with polarity. I've done several whole episodes on this. But I'm curious, from your perspective... How does a woman play with that polarity? Like from a balanced feminine perspective, what does that mean to play with the polarity? Yeah, and then this kind of goes with that next one on the list. Um, so we're able to switch in and out of our more feminine, flowy, open, receptive, creative states and our more masculine, um, doing, acting, being, directing states, but knowing when to be in that receiving mode and when to be in directing mode. A lot of women we've gotten conditioned through our culture to be in masculine mode, conditioned through you know, life circumstances or other experiences where we're always having to be figuring, figuring it out, figuring out. And we don't know how to flip that switch and come back into receptivity. 
And I find in relating with the masculine, if I'm in my masculine, that leaves him nowhere to go except into his feminine. And unless I'm into that, that's, that's really not. <laughs> Either that or you both stay in your masculine and then you fight. Yeah. You compete. You just butt heads. You butt There's heads. that competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is another, I think, superpower uh, for women if they can develop it, which is that ability to switch back and forth. Because it's necessary. It's, it, whether we like it or not, you're correct. We live in a masculine world. We live in a world dominated by masculine energy. And especially if you're a single mom or you're a businesswoman or an entrepreneur or you know, a, a vice president or president of a company. Like, or just are, a single woman in general. Yeah, well, it's true just to navigate the world yeah. as a single woman. There are times when you are absolutely going to have to be in that masculine energy, but the pro- here's where the problem comes otherwise in. nothing will get done. Right. <laughs> but the problem is, is especially let's say, you know, you're the CEO of a company and, you know, you're in masculine all day long competing with men. Then you show up at home to your man and you start being the director and the CEO at home in the relationship. And unless you happen to be in a relationship with a man who's more in his feminine than in his masculine, this is going to create problems. Yeah. And this is, I hear this from every entrepreneurial woman and most of them aren't even aware of it what they'll tell you is they'll tell you all their dating stories and how they all went wrong and as as, you know a third party and also as a coach who does this for a living i'm just sitting there i'm like i'm like twiddling my thumbs just waiting for him to slow down because i'm like i know exactly what is happening here the dynamic is they're showing up in their masculine they're trying to be bossy they're emasculating their men they're not giving him the space to step up as his masculine and it creates havoc in their relationships so that and then complaining to their girlfriends that their man's not stepping up right which is why we work together as women to work through some of these things yep. yeah and but that's why the superpower is i i'm in the office i'm directing i'm leading and then I come home and I switch modes into the more receiving feminine way. And again, if you understand that the feminine isn't weakness, it's just another way of operating in the world, you shouldn't have a problem doing that. I think a lot of women resist it because mm-hmm. they see it as that, that sort of weakness. They see it as weak. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, next is connected to her intuition. We've talked about that mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to kind of go through these last ones a little faster because we've talked about them a lot. But if there's anything that you want to share that's important that we've missed, just jump in and say sure. so. Uh, this idea of collaboration versus competition. This is actually something right, I, I want to talk about this one a little bit because <laughs> this one is so obvious to me. All you have to do is look at what women do when they get together versus what men do when they get together. So what do we do as men when we get together? Oh, well, it depends what we're doing. But it could be, I can drink more beers than you. It could be, you know, like when I was super into climbing, we'd get into these hangboard climbing competitions, like who could do more pull-ups on two fingers, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, it might be sparring or something like that. It's like we get into that competition. That, that actually nourishes our soul as men. Right, like we we crave that healthy competition amongst our peers as men, but then what do women do when they get together? We like to talk about how we can support each other. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, the healthy women do. The mean girls, maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> but that but that's the point. Is by nature, healthy women will work collaboratively together, right? Like the perfect example is just going back to tribal days. It's like the men go out hunting, and yes, sometimes they'll hunt in groups. But it's like I'll go hunt over here, you go hunt over there. We'll meet back with whatever we get. But the women are collaboratively in the village solving all the village problems and handling all of that. By nature, that's the way we are, collaboration versus competition. So as a female, if you find yourself in competition all the time, that could be a sign to you, and we'll get to signs, but that could be a sign to you that maybe you are not balanced in this moment. Yeah, maybe you're a little stuck in that masculine side. Yeah. Uh, Next one is power with versus power over. It's kind of another way of saying it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yet different in its own way. If we if we're thinking in terms of using that power responsibly, yeah. Right. So rather than using it to dominate, using it to co-create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to bring everybody up with you. Yes. Generosity versus greed. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that one, how you experienced that one. Uh, you know, all of these, I think, I just, I think of the way when we look out at the world, I think of the way, um, you know, we've been in this more masculine patriarchal culture and we see that it's all about greed and power over and competition and who can get the most and have the most and be in control. And I feel like the feminine is about generosity. How can I show up and serve? How can we all have, you know, all the, our needs taken care of? How, you know, again, how can we support each other versus take from each other? You know, I would say, I mean, I do agree with you that, that when we look out at society, that, that's what we see. But I would make the distinction that that's not because it's masculine-dominated patriarchy. I would say it's because it's out of balance masculine that's running the show because in yeah. a, in a, if you're if you're truly a balanced masculine you you don't show up that way because how, how does a balanced healthy masculine show up supportive right he's going to show up in a way where he wants to support his women his family that sort of thing so this idea of this constant um yeah, sort of what we call patriarchy, this sort of domineering, this sort of like, I get mine at the expense of everybody else, I think is... It, it's is out it, of balance, for sure. Very unhealthy, out of balance uh, representation of the masculine. I agree. Thank you for bringing that clarity. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, feminine leadership. And this is the idea of facilitating and guiding versus telling and forcing. Mm-hmm. Uh, please... Uh, Tell us a little something about that, because as somebody who's leading a lot of feminine stuff, like what does it, what does it look like? Because I know this is an issue, and this is something that came up in the conversation that that sort of spurred this episode, which was that um, a lot of women seem to have this conflict about how can you be a leader but also be feminine. Yeah, well, when I was uh, in one of my women's circles and I was having engaging this dialogue around healthy feminine expression, and I asked women what it looks like, and. Uh, you know, different women were sharing different things. And somewhere towards the end, when people were about empty, someone popped out leadership and kind of like a question mark, you know. And uh, I could see the response of several other women in the group go, oh, no, no, you know. They really associate leadership with a masculine trait. And, and I just, like, loved it. And I said, okay, yes, 
what does feminine leadership look like? You know, because I could see a few of them were having conflicting uh, ideas about that. And it really does look like inviting, facilitating, uh, collaborating. It's like you create a space where everyone can contribute. And it is, um, you know, when I guide circles, I'm not going through a bulleted list in really good order. I mean, I do have an outline, um, but there's always room for the group to contribute and to guide where the energy goes from, you know, my set intention. Um, so I think that's the difference, like the facilitating and the guiding, you know, I'm not letting it be a free for all and letting someone hijack the circle with all of their energy. And that's a part of the art as a facilitator is coming in and going, okay, and we're going to bring it back to here now, um, versus, <clears throat> you know, that's enough of that. Now let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to rip the talking stick out of their hand and be like, enough. <laughs> In a not very well facilitated circle, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more on this list and then we got to take a break. Uh, I normally break a little sooner, but I didn't want to interrupt where we were going with this because it was too good. But the very last one on the list is healthy relationship with her sexuality, using, using it for connection and not manipulation. So, okay, I, I got to hear from your point of view. What, what, is, what does it mean for a woman to have a healthy relationship with her sexuality? Well, I can say what it means for me, um, th that I have, um, I have an acceptance that I'm a sexual being. I have worked through shame or uh, programming that makes it taboo. I enjoy my body and sexuality. I, I use it for deepening connection and enjoyment, uh, not for manipulating or controlling. Um, and there's a playfulness there and a flirtatiousness there. Yeah. But again, in, in, in a way that fosters connection, not in a way that you're using the flirtatiousness or the offer of sex in order to manipulate or get something that you want, right? Yeah. And not in a way that's using it to um, disassociate or to avoid or mm -hmm. to check out from other things in life. So it's not you being used as an escape unless there's a mutually consenting agreement to do that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there could be situations where that, that is already agreed upon. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So that is the list of what a balanced feminine woman looks like. So men, again, make better choices. Or, you know, if you're looking at your woman, and you're going, wow, that doesn't at all sound like my wife or my partner, my girlfriend, whatever. Um, then definitely listen to the section on how to support her at least twice, <laughs> maybe three times. <laughs> And then ladies, yeah, again, you know, ask, ask the hard question. And as men, we got to do the same thing too. I've said this to men many times. Like if, if this is how you show up in a relationship, you got to stand in front of that mirror and ask yourself some hard questions, right? And I suggest that the ladies do that also. All right. Quick word from my sponsor, which is me. <laughs> Are you a couple? Are your relationship and sex life where you want them to be? Are there changes you would like to make but just don't know how? Maybe you think that there is nothing that can be done. If you're not 100% happy with where your relationship and sex life 
is or are, then get help today and change your life. Go to kevinandceline.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples. Link is in the description. You don't have to remember it. I know it's one of those long links. I still haven't shortened it. (laughs) But go there and schedule a strategy call with me today so we can map out how to get your relationship and sex life back on track. If you're not having the sex that you used to have, if you're not having the connection that you used to have, um, this really is a great way to bring that passion back, that fire back, uh, strengthen that connection again, have the sex that you had when you were dating. So go to kevinanceline.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples. The link is in the description. Okay. So we have so far covered why you would want to be a balanced feminine woman. We've talked about what it looks like. The next thing we want to talk about is... What gets in the way? What gets in the way? What are the things that can come up in life that can get in the way and prevent you from staying balanced? So what do we got on the list here for that? Uh, you know, the first thing that pops into my head when I when I uh, consider this question is unexpressed feelings and emotions. As a woman, if there's any uh, resentment or anger or even sadness um, or just things that haven't been said, withholds, um, those are like trash in the middle of the space between you that you literally need to clean out energetically, uh, verbally, before there's actually um, the ability to connect. To yourself, to others. Absolutely. I've talked a lot on this show about the importance of communication. And one of the reasons why that communication is so important is so that you don't have all those unexpressed feelings and emotions that that build resentment over time because that, that's just toxic to a relationship. So you've got to be able to express those things. So that means creating an environment in your relationship where it is okay to talk about whatever it is you need to talk about. So if, if that container isn't there to allow that, then it's not likely going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then the resentment builds up and then things get worse. And that's also a way that being vulnerable is a power. When you're able to connect and share those edgy bits, those unexpressed bits that feels really vulnerable, feels really seen, you know, that's a way that actually becomes more empowered. Yeah. And, you know, as men, we obviously have a reputation for not being very good at sharing (laughs) our emotions and being vulnerable. It is something that is often a bit of a stretch for us, but we can learn how to do it. So by doing that yourself as the feminine, you are leading by example yes. and you are creating a space uh, that, that allows and also shows us how to do that as men. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Uh, body shame, pain, feeling disconnected from the body. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't have a certain amount of comfort level, a certain amount of love for my body, if I've been shamed... Uh, whether directly or indirectly through culture or through a partner. Um, If I have had, and this is another one of the uh, uh, bullet points, but if I've had some sort of trauma that makes me feel not safe to be in my body at all, much less sexually, right? Then I'm probably not going to be able to stay in a balanced, healthy expression of a human, much less my feminine. Like it may not feel safe. Yeah. Or maybe my corporate culture has conditioned me to believe that that's not an okay thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, you cover several there, right? Which is you know the, the, how the you're feeling in your form. body. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't stick to the list and flowing through it. No, that was that was actually great. Um, I don't think a lot of guys truly understand the body shame and yeah. and the feeling disconnected from the body thing because we tend to be pretty grounded in our bodies as men, and so it's not something we think about as often. And this is really really true when it comes to you know, sex. When, when I hear guys say she doesn't want to have sex, and it, 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 one of the main reasons is, well, how is she feeling in her body? And it kind of blows guys' minds because like, well, what, what do you mean, right? But it's like you have to understand that if she doesn't feel comfortable in her body, uh, if she's feeling, you know, the shame or the pain or anything like that, that's, that's going to shut down her sexuality immediately. Or just bloated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that can affect it as well. Well, that, that's kind of, you know, one that we didn't, we didn't say directly on here, but it was health, you know, yeah. how your health is, how you're actually feeling. Yeah. I've worked with so many people over the past uh, two decades and that foundational level of health unlocks all these other higher levels of being and uh, relating in the world. If we don't have the energy to even get through our day, right, then we're probably not going to feel really balanced or fully expressed, um, if we are not taking care of getting good food, good diet, good rest, um, you know, drinking quality water. And, you know, sometimes this is easier for some of us and harder for others. But um, that's one of the things that really gets in the way is, you know, not being in good health. And sometimes that results in pain in the body, which again will, you know, when you have pain, all your focus is there. It's not, oh, how can I be and show up as this, you know, beautiful express feminine? It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I, you know, I think women, when they hear this, they will instantly go, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what's really important about this particular section is for us as men to go, oh, 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 that could be one of the things, right? Because yeah. we tend to not think about those things. So the unexpressed feelings, emotions, body shame, pain, feeling disconnected, health issues, life circumstances, uh, familial and societal conditioning, shame and guilt and trauma, like all of those are things that can really get in the way and uh, I don't want to say prevent, but but maybe take you out of balance is a better yeah. way to, to say it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely the not feeling safe, being shamed for the body. Men, if you can make her feel safe and just love up on her body, let her know how much you love and adore, no matter what shape, size, doesn't matter women and men, right? The ability to really just love and accept exactly what you're born with goes a long way. Yeah. And I will say this for the men listening also, once doesn't count. Okay. Maybe it counts for a little bit, but because I hear this from guys. It'll last for a day or so. She, yeah, well, but that's the truth. It's true. That's the truth of it, right? So, like, you know, because guys will say, "Well, I, I've told her before how much, how beautiful I think she is, and how much I love her body, and blah blah blah." I'm like, "Yeah, when? Uh, I don't know. When we started dating? You've been married for twenty years. Like, <laughs> that's a thing that guys have a hard time understanding, which is you need to do it over and over again, and it frustrates us as men sometimes." And, and in a broken record sort of way, but in an yes. authentic and genuine way. Yes, exactly. But I don't think a lot of men realize how important it is to say that over and over again. And you know, this is another one of the things where, where guys will tell you, they'll say, 
Why should I have to do that? She already knows it. Why do I have to keep doing it? And I'm like, look, it's not about whether or not you ha- like, you know, whether they should be that way or shouldn't be that way. It is, this is what the feminine needs, whether you like it or not, right? So it's something that's just, it's, if you want to have a woman in your life for all of the wonderful things that they bring to your life, it's a small thing to contribute. That's right, man. If you want to see your woman light up, continue to offer genuine, authentic, even a balanced, healthy feminine like myself. I'm like, you know, you could tell me every so often, you like how I look today. That would be nice. (laughs) And that's what a balanced, healthy feminine can do. Yeah. And out of balance would just get angry Angry. and passive aggressive because she wouldn't actually tell him why she was annoyed, but she was annoyed. He didn't even notice. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. So I love that, though. That, that, is, that is a great piece of advice that as a balanced woman, and Celine used to do this all the time, like for her, it was really important um, for her to get appreciation. And so if she was really needing it and she was feeling like I wasn't giving it enough, she would just say, tell me three things you appreciate about me. And it became a game. Like I knew it, it was a game, but I thought it was great because sometimes I don't realize how long it's been since I said that, right? And she would just ask me and I would just tell her and then she would feel so much better and everything would be better. And there's another example of women as vulnerability as power. Because in that moment asking, tell me what you appreciate about me, that could feel a little vulnerable. But it's also a po- it's be us being in our power, being able to ask for you know, what we know is going to make it light us up, make us feel good. Indeed. All right. <sighs> Whew, I knew we had a lot to cover in this show. We, we've still got quite a bit, but we're going to go a little faster through it. Yeah. Um, because it, these will be easier anyway. We don't have to do a lot of explanation. So the next section is, what are signs that she may be out of balance? You know, so I think we could, uh, men and women, as you're listening, like there's two ways to receive it. One is like a woman, things you notice as you're out of balance and um, some will be more external that your man can notice. So it's kind of internally and externally. Um, uh, As a woman, when I'm out of balance, I feel more wishy-washy and indecisive. And that probably will be uh, evidenced externally as well. (laughs) I'll ask. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. My experience has been that um, there are definitely times when, you know, it doesn't matter what question you ask her, she just doesn't have an answer. And those are the moments where, as a man, you need to actually step up and say, okay, how about we do this? It's not the, okay, we're doing this. It's the, I have a plan. How about we do this? Right? And then see how, what her response is to that. And then you might have to shift and go, okay, that, that one's not good. How about we do this instead? Right. That's a good example of something the masculine can do to support her. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So some other signs she's out of balance, um, emotional swings. Yeah. And we specifically wrote on here, I I might have written this one, (laughs) wild emotional swings. Oh boy. I'm sure the men listening, you've all experienced this at one point or another. Just like one moment way over here, the next moment way over here. And as men, we have a really hard time understanding that. But that is something that can happen, especially when hormones are out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We may also get cranky, nitpicky, or complaining more. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe the extreme version of that is the next one on the list, which is having irrational thoughts. Or she seems irrational to those around her. Yeah, no. (laughs) 
that, that's a good point that the way you said that she seems irrational to those around her because in her mind, she's being perfectly rational. Yeah. Now, whether or not that is actually rational is different. But again, it's, it's like how you approach that situation is don't tell her that she, you know, her feelings are completely irrational because the feelings are, are rational, but maybe the actions that she's taking as a result of those feelings may not be all that rational. Yeah. And so it's important to be able to make that distinction. She may be uh, showing up as pushy or demanding or controlling, like really going back into that overly masculine expression. Mm-hmm. Irregular cycles. Yeah. I mean, so when we're talking about out of balance, we're talking obviously mentally, emotionally, but also physically. Mm -hmm. And the physical, it can be really, really, uh, I want to say important, but like strong, like the effects it can have on you can be... Those hormones are powerful, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do all, you know, they can control the tides. The moon controls the tides, right? The hormones control the tides of our body. So um, when we're out of balance, it can really show up as irregular cycles, really bad PMS. And there are some things that we can do to help bring that back into balance. Mm -hmm. Which the ladies can reach out to you for later if they want to know more (laughs) about, because we really don't have time to cover it in this show. (laughs) Uh, so bad PMS, which uh, is not necessarily the same as irregular cycles, but can be associated with irregular cycles. Disconnected from her intuition, stuck in her head. We kind of talked mm-hmm. about that quite a lot already. Yeah. People pleasing or self-sacrificing, we also mentioned. I think it's also important to mention that we can feel pretty balanced in one aspect of our lives and maybe not in other aspects of our lives. So as a woman or even as a man perceiving your woman, you might think, oh yeah, she's good, but something over here is off, right? So it's just important to know that, you know, we have different life categories and, you know, we may be yeah, really dialed in in one and not quite as competent or resourced in another. Yeah, and that's, that's an important distinction to make, I think, also, because it can sometimes be difficult to figure out. But, but she seems so imbalanced. Right. I don't get it, right? Because right. this is something that we say, I don't get it, because she seems so, but there might be another area outside of that. Yeah. So how do we get back into balance? Oh, yeah, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Perhaps I should be answering this question. <laughs> yes, you, you are. Uh, you're going to take a, a stronger lead on this section right here because from a female point of view, because here's the thing, and we're going to talk about what, what uh, a man can do to support, but as a man, all we can really do is support, and it's really up to her to get herself back in balance. We can support her as, as best we can. Yeah. So... Yeah, radical (laughs) self-responsibility. And part of that is asking for help when we need it. Um, So slowing down. I mean, we we push, push, push. So we just need to kind of slow down. That's the first thing. To the best of our ability, to the best of our life circumstances, whatever's going on, if we're feeling out of balance, we need to like take a pause, receive a couple breaths, and just drop back into our body. So that's the first thing I do is I just like breathe and check in. Okay. Making time for personal care, self-care, that could look like, um, I have this concept I talk about all the time, working in versus working out. So yin versus yang or uh, that masculine versus feminine. When we're out of balance, it's not necessarily the right time to push through an intense workout, to really like drain our battery even more. We need to be asking what's going to put more energy into our body savings account, right? So gentle stretching, yin yoga, qigong, um, you know, release work, massage, baths, like what sorts of things are actually going to help 
stack, uh, replenish our, our energetic bank accounts. That's really huge. I love that point because our society is telling women they just need to push harder. Yeah. And that's absolutely the worst thing you can do. A hundred percent. Every time (laughs) in my personal experience and in working with all the people I've worked with over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean going out for a jog or something, uh, can't be considered personal uh, care and you shouldn't do that, but it's, it's that idea of push, push, push. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're really out of balance, it may not be the best time for an intense run. Yeah. Right. There are other types of exercise again, that you can do that still are going to help express some of those stress hormones out of your body, help clear them, but that are actually going to also, um, put some resource in your body versus draining the bank account. Mm-hmm. Uh, get out in nature. So one of the things when I would have bad PMS, I would just go outside and put my belly on the earth and breathe. And 9.9 times out of 10, when I would do that, if I would just stay there for five or 10 or sometimes 15 minutes, my cramps would completely dissipate. That, you know, that's really interesting you say that because there's a whole class now of devices called PEMF devices. And PE, basically what they are, you know, EMF, it sounds bad because we're, we're all, oh, EMFs are bad. But basically what they do is they generate the same frequency as the earth itself. So they're earthing technology is what you're speaking to. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're not earthing in a sense that like if you touch it, it's going to ground any energy that you have, you know, like, like your antenna grounds your mm-hmm. house or something like that. But it's basically exposing you to that same very low frequency um, of the earth. So it's basically, it's a way of without being able to get outside and like put your belly on the ground if it's a winter in Minnesota. Right. But that, that's the idea about it. And so the reason why I said this is there's science behind actually going out and laying your belly on the, on the ground. Yeah. And if it's winter, bundle up and, you know, go enjoy the snow for five minutes or so and then get back inside. <laughs> we do live in SoCal here, so we're kind of spoiled. Um, diet and lifestyle is huge. I know the minute I'm starting to feel out of balance, I'm cutting sugar, I'm cutting coffee. These are not things anybody wants to hear, right? Alcohol, all the things we normally reach for when we're stressed are actually just perpetuating that out of balance. So coming back into really taking care of your diet and your lifestyle, limiting uh, stimulants like alcohol, caffeine, sugar to the mo- you know to the best of your ability. Maybe switch to green tea that time of the when you're in that state, ladies. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, self reflection. So that slowing down and breathing. It's a good time to journal, meditate, connect with your womb, whether you literally have one or it's been removed. You still have that womb space. Um, I teach all these things and some moon time rituals. Um, to um, to the women in my resource program, like these are all ways we can just bring ourselves back into balance. First, we self reflect, and then we ask for a reflection from connection with other women, which is what's next on the, on the, on the list. Um, we, you know, when we gather, we get to have group mind, we get to have group heart and we get that group field to actually help support us and to give us some, um, feedback and reflection that we might not be able to see ourselves because it's in our shadow. And finally, get your hormones checked, ladies. This is so real, so legit. It's not all in your head. There are some things that can help. Um, and knowing your numbers is super important, especially as you start, I mean, through your whole life cycle, but as you start to meet, um, you know, midlife and transition into, uh, you know, past peri and into menopause, like it's really important to know your numbers and how to support yourself. Yeah. And I would add to that, uh, for many women, perimenopause, 
starts way earlier than they realize. Yeah. And it can even be in your 30s. And some women are like, this can't have, possibly have anything to do with menopause. I'm way too young for that. No, it could be a decade before you think yeah. it's actually affecting you. It can be affecting you. So getting those numbers checked. We, uh, I've done two episodes on this show with two different doctors on bioidentical hormones. If you want more information, go look those episodes up. I don't remember what numbers they are at the moment, but they were really, really great. And they can give you uh, some good basic starting knowledge on what to do if you think your hormones are out of balance. Okay, so that is how do you get back into balance. Thank you for that. Those were all wonderful suggestions. What about once you get there? How do you stay there so you don't have the constant ups and downs? Yeah, well, obviously, some of those same things we just talked about would be important to continue doing. Um, But also, um, these are long-term habit changes we're talking about. So it's not just like cutting out the crap-processed food filled with food additives that trigger, you know, weird uh, neurotransmitters and and inside of, you know, that, that stimulate your neurotransmitters to freak out and chaos. Um, like you need to make ongoing changes in your habits, in, uh, your sleep cycles, in your, your diet, in your nutrition and how you move in your, uh, making time on the regular for quiet space, for meditation, for, you know, so changing your habits ongoing. Right. Mm-hmm. Community support. Again, we talked about gathering in women's circles, but community support, you know, maybe it's some sort of um, self-help, self-help group or some other uh, a church community or, you know, whatever feels like it's actually a web of support, you know, above and beyond just uh, being able to, uh, you know, talk and uh, talk about women's things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I guess the big part of how you stay in balance is not waiting until you get out of balance. So you're right. A lot of the things that we talked about, how do you get back into balance, are ongoing things that you should do uh, to try to stay there with the addition of a few things on this list as well. And then get support from a trusted advisor, from a therapist, or from a coach. From someone who's walked that path before you and learned the hard way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No need for you to recreate the wheel. (laughs) Hey, Kevin, what can men do to support their women? That is a great question. I'm so glad you asked. It's not like it was right here on the list or anything. (laughs) Okay. So what, what can men do to support their women? Obviously, if your woman's out of balance, there's nothing more you want as a man than for her to get back in balance. Her life will be better. Your life will be better. The entire life around the house with the family will be better if she is in balance. So you want to do what you can to help support her. Number one, don't tell her she's out of balance. The, probably the worst thing you can do is, oh yeah, well, you're just out of balance right now. <laughs> You're likely to get slapped, and it's only going to put her more out of balance. So the first one isn't so much what you can do, it's what you shouldn't do. But what you could do instead is, you know, be compassionate. Yes. It, it, do, it does say that here. Don't, don't tell her she's out of balance, dash, compassion. I added that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Next, don't make assumptions. Ask her what she needs. So this is something, you know, as men, we go into fix-it mode, and she's out of balance. We go, okay, here's what you need. 
Well, how do we know what you need? Because remember all the different reasons why she could be out of balance? We don't necessarily know what is going on. So obviously, if you don't know, the first thing you should do is ask. That's a great idea. In a compassionate way. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is know her love language and give her that. We have done an entire episode on love languages in this show. If you're not familiar with them, go listen to that. Go buy the book on love languages. We didn't create it. We were just showcasing that information. Um, It's really, really great to know what... Her primary love languages are, and even her secondaries, and provide them for her. You know, she might be out of balance because she's been out of shape that you haven't appreciated her in 10 years, you know? Or haven't touched her. Or haven't touched her. And and her love languages may be words of affirmation and touch. So knowing those and giving those to her can really help. Next, give her space or attention, depending on what she needs, Um, And of course, you can help her co-regulate breathing, belly to belly, cuddles. Orgasms. Orgasms, that's right. (laughs) But I want to really make the point is space or attention. And this is why it's important to ask. She may be like, I just need some space right now because maybe she doesn't get any space. She's nonstop with the kids, with you, whatever. Maybe space is really what she needs. Yeah. And maybe what she really needs is your attention. So this is why asking is very important. And of course, do not underestimate the value of a good orgasm. (laughs) I I added that one to the list. (laughs) Thank you for doing so. If, uh, if, if, if you had told them I put it on the list, they'd probably be mad at me. I mean, all those positive hormones, you can get that through touch, through cuddles, through long extended hugs, but the oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine that are released in any of those ways when you help her co-regulate, whether it's with cuddles or with breathing together or with orgasms, right? Sure to help bring things back into balance. <laughs> yes. All right, next on the list, be supportive. So what does that mean? Well, that might mean doing a few extra chores so she doesn't have so many things to do. It might mean taking the kids for a while and giving her time to do that self-care stuff that she never has time to do. But find ways, and a lot of times guys don't think about this because they think that there's something that they got to fix here on the person. What what do I got to do here? But maybe the thing is actually over here. Maybe it's you'll fold the laundry you know, maybe it's you'll take the kids to the park for two hours, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. Maybe it's you'll pick up takeout so she doesn't have to worry about what's for dinner. Yes, exactly. All right. And last one on the list, take charge and make decisions so that she can relax into her feminine. I have talked a lot on this show about like what women want from their man and like how to step up and be the man that she wants. And this is always one of the things, no matter how I phrase that subject that I'm talking about, is how to just take charge and make decisions. And we talked a little bit about this earlier on the mm-hmm. show. It's not, we are doing this. It's, I have a plan. How about we do this? You're really good at that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so those are some things that you as a man can do to help support your woman. I'm not saying that these things are going to magically make everything better, but they are absolutely going to help. The more you can do those, the more space you're going to give her to be able to get back into balance. She's still going to have to step up and do the work herself, but this is really going to help. All right. Are there any last words that you would like to give to men or women about 
being in balance, how to get there, how to stay there, how to support each other, any last things you want to share? I think what comes up for me when you ask that is kind of where we started and that it's really important not to go into judgment of self or other if we're feeling out of balance or if you're noticing your woman out of balance, but really to go into, especially uh, in, in your own body as a woman, um, to go into that space of allowance, of noticing, and of compassion. Just like if a child were having an emotional you know, outburst or you know, feeling they didn't get their nap and they're more tired, you're going to approach that child with loving compassion with some acceptance. And I'm just inviting you to give that same thing to yourself or to your woman. Uh, and uh, yeah, remember to breathe. <laughs> Excellent. So you do this work, you work with women, you help women become more balanced to stay in balance. Uh, if somebody is interested in working with you, how do they find more about your work and what you do? Yeah, you can find me at inbodywisdom.com. That's I N bodywisdom.com and uh, the resourced energy mastery program for women um, is at inbodywisdom.com forward slash resourced. Those links are in the description. So if you are needing help being balanced in your life, then please go check those out. Nancy, I want to thank you for coming on the Love Lab podcast and sharing your wisdom around a healthy, balanced feminine. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, that's all the time I have for this episode, and I will see you next week. I hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join me in the Passion Vault at kevinandceline.com forward slash vault. That's kevinandceline.com forward slash fault. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Celine used to say, you're amazing.